episode 8, Phony Phone Voices. Welcome back to the Uncommon Discourse Podcast, featuring columns at the intersection of creative nonfiction, memoir, and humor. I'm your host, Chris Gaffney. Anytime I notice something unusual or quirky about myself, I make a note because it often hints at some interesting character trait that I can find in other people. If I notice similar behavior in one or two other people, I assume I'm on to some sort of shared oddity that people will recognize if I find the right way to describe it. That's the case with this episode's column, Phony Phone Voices, which was originally published on September 30th, 2018. I'm including it here in the podcast series because I thought it might play even better on audio than it did in writing. I hope you enjoy! I adopt many different voices in my day-to-day life. The way I speak to old buddies is different from how I speak to colleagues, just like I speak differently to my nephews than I do to my grandmother-in-law. None of these speaking styles are inherently phony. They each reflect different aspects of my personality. This used to bother me considerably. I would obsess over the differences between each, wondering if one were more real than the others, questioning if I lacked authenticity or was hiding my natural voice. I haven't gone quite so far as to be that annoying person who just says whatever they want with the justification of telling it like it is. But I strive for authenticity in my interactions with other people. I'm admittedly self-conscious about shifting into manufactured mannerisms because it drives me crazy when I notice it in other people. This was especially true with my mother. Long before caller ID came out, I could always tell who was on the other end of a phone call just by listening to how mom spoke, deferentially to her family, cautiously with authority figures, conspiratorially with her close friends, and with forced familiarity when there was something she was trying to get. It came as a shock to me when I heard her phone voice in my classroom during a parent-teacher conference. Mom became much more animated and deliberate in the way she spoke, like we were suddenly putting on a play. I noted her nervous laugh and predictable attempts at non-controversial humor. It felt manufactured for the purpose of trying to make a good impression. Then, I noticed the same pattern in myself. Mimicry in action. I first noticed this in myself as a young boy swimming with a group of Australians in a hotel pool. My brother told me to stop making fun of their accent, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And neither did they. Just as subtly as the accent had slipped into my mouth, it also slipped into their ears. This isn't entirely uncommon. My wife Jenny ships accents sometimes. It only takes 
one phone call home before her southern twang starts slipping itself back in. Neither of us tends to notice. Once, while shoe shopping, a cashier asked us if we were from England. We thought she was crazy until leaving when we realized we had spent the past two days binge-watching Downton Abbey, and then we worried maybe we were the crazy ones. Had we been speaking with English accents all day long? Not properly. On further reflection, I realized this phenomenon wasn't unique to me and wasn't limited to accents. Now I see it everywhere, even if most people aren't willing to acknowledge it. Examples include the middle manager who barks aggressively down the ladder, but is quick to submit to anyone higher on the chain. The foul-mouthed friend trying to charm authority figures in one breath while mocking his peers with the next. The depressed co-worker offering chipper greetings to customers. The internet is full of theories on this. Some call it unintentional mimicry, while others call it mirroring. Some praise it as a rapport-building exercise, and others say it shows an abundance of empathy. Whatever you call it, it's weird. And something I try to avoid with one exception. When I'm trying to get free stuff, Rather than run from this odd and mostly unintentional character quirk, I now lean into it, especially when I'm on the phone with a customer service representative. I don't just change my voice to mimic a customer service rep. I change my entire persona. I've long since learned two important truths. The operator can always do something to get you a better deal, and people respond favorably to other people that are just like themselves. The first time this worked for me was accidental. Halfway through a conversation with my cable company's representative, a lovely woman from the Midwest, I was surprised to find myself responding to her best offer with, Oh! Golly! A phrase I never before uttered and probably never will again. By the end of the call, I was drawing out my vowels and responding to everything with Midwestern-style unwarranted enthusiasm. I also had a drastically lower bill and better cable package. That's the kind of sound that's worth repeating. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe at UncommonDiscourse.com for new columns every Sunday at 7.56 p.m. in honor of Andy Rooney. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for use of the song Fluffing Duck. See the joy around you and come back soon.